URC Youth Trialogue. Three people, three questions, three values. Hi there and welcome to today's URC Youth Trialogue. My name is Phil Ray. I'm going to be your host for this episode. We're really pleased to have Jess, Laura and Charles with us and I'll invite them now to introduce themselves. So, first of all, Jess. Hi, uh, I'm Jess. I'm um, currently doing a master's degree at Queen Mary in London uh, in heritage management. Um, my real connection to the URC is that I'm currently the communications coordinator for the URC youth. Um, and I've also just finished my role as Wessex Synod Rep. Um, so, yeah, doing lots and lots of things. Thank you for that. Um, and Laura? Hi everybody, I'm Laura Mead. I am Christian Aid's Church Engaging and Fundraising Officer for Surrey, Hampshire, the Channel Islands and the Isle of Wight. And my connection to the URC all came through my lovely husband, Chris Mead, who's a previous member of when it used to be Fury, and my excellent mother-in-law, Linda Mead, who used to run Commitment for Life for the URC. Brilliant. Thanks for that. And finally, Charles. My name is Charles. I am doing a, I'm currently doing an undergraduate degree in film studies at De Montfort University. My connection with the URC is that I, I, I was raised, raised in this chat in the URC. I, I've been, I've been a regular youth assembly attender, attendee rather. And uh... lots of other things, I'm sure, Charles. We'll 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 find that as the session goes on. That's Hi. thank you. Yeah. Thank you for that. Well, welcome, welcome to to you three and everybody else who's who's listening in and watching um, now or on um, the recorded um, episodes. We hope that you'll be encouraged and challenged by this conversation, whether you are actually joining us now live or later on when you're hearing it back. As we've met, we've got three panellists gathered plus others and we hope that uh, you'll look forward to sharing your own thoughts and posing your own questions throughout our time together. Remembering that this is an opportunity to journey and learn from each other. So let's just spend a quiet moment just in prayer. Let's pray. Loving Heavenly Father, we thank you for this opportunity to gather again and to explore something which um, is really important to, to us as Christians. How can we act and advocate in your name? And as we explore these, these issues, and no doubt the social issues and justice issues, which this probably will, will draw on, we ask for your guidance in, in grappling with some of the questions which, which will be coming out. And we, we pray, Lord, that you will be with us in our conversations and helping us to further explore this far beyond this conversation now. We pray all this in through the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Okay, so each month um, at the moment, we're going to be exploring a monthly theme as part of the URC's Youth Reassembled programme, which is running all year 
um, up to Youth Assembly 2022. So today we're really excited to look at activism and advocacy. So uh, we, will be, we will be diving into this conversation really shortly, but just to remind everybody who is listening and watching live uh, that we would love to hear from you and um, you can share your own comments or your own questions um, on Slido, which the details are at the bottom of the screen at the moment. Um, and we've also got um, the opportunity for you to share comments uh, on both the Facebook page for URC Youth Trialogue and also the Facebook page for the U URC Children and Youth Work. Um, so there's a lot of places where you could be watching this live and commenting, um, but if you want your comments or your questions to be shared within today's programme, we do ask you to keep your, keep your comments and questions to, to either the Slido or the Trialogue Facebook page. There we go. I got through all that. <laughs> well done. Thank you, Laura. Thank you. Oh, there's a lot, so many messages. But, uh, but we really do hope that you will be able to join in with, um, with our conversations. Um, so, as with all other episodes of Trialogue, we did pose some questions to our panellists in advance. So we got them, gave them an opportunity to kind of think through things a little bit before, before this evening. And really, the first question, which I think, we're probably all asking ourselves is what what does activism and advocacy mean to us so um i i put this question out to our three panelists what what does what do these terms mean maybe what maybe even what are the difference between these terms perhaps might come through uh, in some of our conversations so uh, who wants to kick us off with this one um I, to me, activism slash advocacy at its core is it's basically it's taking action to leave the world a better place for your presence, essentially. And that that's what it all boils down to. Brilliant. Thank you for that, Charles. I like that kind of um that makes a very good personal manifesto i think yeah but maybe even expanding it further to finding a place where the world is hurting and putting yourself in between it and whatever's causing that problem yeah no i think i think that's good um i would definitely say standing with or for the oppressed um, is really important. I think as Christians, it's really important as well. Um, even when that means um, maybe disagreeing with people who are in positions of authority, um, which is, you know, something I think Christians might be called to do um, when we think, you know, there's injustice happening is, is to be an activist or an advocate um, for people. And and is is there a difference between in your in your thoughts is there a difference between being an activist and being an advocate? Are they are they one and the same? I suppose when I think of the two terms, I tend to think of activists as being more grassroots, and advocates as speaking out on behalf of a community maybe not necessarily being somebody who is a part of the community that's experiencing the issue, 
but somebody who's prepared to be a voice for that community. Mm. But I'm not sure if there's any actual sort of concrete distinction between the two. What do the rest of us think? Yeah, I think there's a lot of crossover. Um, I would definitely agree that advocacy feels like something that you do for others, um, whereas activism maybe is a bit different. When I think of activism, I think of um, taking action, um, whereas advocacy, I think of uh, kind of standing up and, and relaying things and making sure people's points are heard, that kind of thing. That's a really good point. Thank you. Um, any, any other any other points uh, at this early stage of that conversation about what, what it means for us? I don't know whether, Charles, you want to have anything else to add to, to what's already been shared. You know, I can't I can't think of anything off the top of my head. That's that's all right. Don't worry. So just before we move on to the next question, I'll just um, just remind um, although those who are watching live at the moment that you can share share what advocacy or activism means to you. Uh, we, we would love to hear your your thoughts on that. Um, so please don't forget you can do that on the Slido platform. Details are below uh, or on the URC Youth Trialogue Facebook page. So uh, our second question, which we asked our panelists, uh, which, which probably is going to be really, really different, I'm sure, from each, each of you. Which parts of the Bible or which passages in the Bible speak to you or move you to be an activist or an advocate and why? Who would um, like to kick I've, us off? I've got one. <laughs> um, I've got a short one or I've got a long one. Uh, tell us, tell us, start with the short one and then uh, hopefully okay. we'll have time for the long as well. What, what's okay. the passage? So the short one, I think it's a bit of a basic one, but um, Mark 12, 31, where Jesus says that the, you know, one of the most important commandments is to love your neighbour as yourself. Um, I think it's just such a such a basic thing, but this idea of treating people with dignity, um, you know, standing up for them. What would you want someone to do for you if you were in that situation? Um, you know, how far wrong can you go? Yeah, the greatest commandment, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Love the Lord your God and then also love others as you would love yourself. Yeah, yeah. equally. Yeah. Thank you for that. That's really, really good to hear. Who, who wants to go second? To, to be honest, I, I, I was, I was going to say that the one that, that Jess, Jess did that that was exactly the one I had in mind as well. So, great, great minds think alike. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely, Charles. Laura, what passage came to you on this one? I mean, the Bible without justice would look like a paper doily, wouldn't it? It would be full of holes. So it's pretty hard to pick one 
that wouldn't be relevant. So I don't know, you could go for the whole of Psalm 37. You could do Isaiah chapter 61, verse one, the spirit of the Lord God is upon me. He's anointed me to preach good news to the meek. It set me to bind up the brokenhearted, proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to them that are bound. But because my background is Catholic and I am also somebody who doesn't like to do what they're told, I thought, why am I just sticking with the Bible? Let's have a look at liberation theology, which is a really cool bit of Catholicism that is very much bound up with social justice. So I've picked a couple of quotes from my favourite liberation theologists, which I think really sum up some of the parts of Christian activism that I associate with the most. The first is from Helda Pessoa Camara, who was a Brazilian Catholic archbishop. And his quote, everybody's going to know it, you're going to be able to complete it as I say it. He said, when I give food to the poor, they call me a saint. When I ask why they are poor, they call me a communist. And there's another brilliant quote from Archbishop Oscar Romero, who said, a church that doesn't provoke any crises, a gospel that doesn't unsettle, a word of God that doesn't get under anyone's skin, that doesn't touch the real sin of the society in which it is being proclaimed. What gospel is that? So I suppose that's a question for all of us. What gospel is it if it doesn't make people angry and ready to go out and do something to make the world more like the kingdom of God? Wow, thank you. I'm certainly, I'm certainly feeling like I need to be getting out there now, Laura. <laughs> it's, um... I mean, that's not what, that's, that is what I feel when I think about activism. Yeah. Like, the root of activism comes from radical love. It comes from that idea of loving your neighbour as yourself. And it comes from a deep-rooted sense of justice and injustice that should be something that we can all identify with if we're raised in the church but I think everybody not just Christians can identify when something is unjust mm. and if you can't see injustice and get angry can you really call yourself a Christian can you really call yourself a human Questions. I'm going to I'm going to let those questions hang for a moment because I'm, I'm I'm wanting to. We've got some questions coming in um, from some of our viewers and some comments as well. Um, so I, I'd like to just share one of them. Um, I'd also like to come back and see and hear what Jesse's long passage was as well. Maybe not reading it all out, but you might just just extra extrapolate some of the key points from it. Um, but one of our viewers um, has said. There is a personality type called advocate who specializes in helping others. So that's a personality type, absolutely. Um, but I, I'm, I'm, loving, I'm loving those quotes, Laura, um, which you've shared. Um, and, I, and I hope that they resonate with, with many people. And, um, and hopefully a bit later on in our conversations, we'll be able to kind of tackle those other couple of questions, uh, which, which you, you, you posed us with. <laughs> Uh, Laura, what was your, uh, sorry, Jess, what was your, uh, what was your second passage? It was actually very similar to Laura, it was, was also um, from Isaiah 61, but it was verses 1 all the way to 11. Um, I just felt like it was such a call to action. Um, yeah, definitely a, a good verse um, for thinking about activism and taking radical action, um, kind of inspired by love and justice. Um, I think it's absolutely what it sums up 
Yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. So there's um, there's a passage for for our, our listeners and viewers to to go and go and check out. Too long for us to read and share t- today in our episode, but we encourage you to go and check it out and have a good read. That might help you with your own further exploring. So um, a couple of the questions which have come in um, from our viewers, which I'll share, and by all means, just jump in um, when you feel you want to answer them. How far should Christians go in their activism? Is it okay to get arrested? Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. (laughs) It's okay to get arrested. Yes. I mean, look at Jesus. If, if we if we worshipped a, a god who wasn't prepared to stand up for things that are right and prepared to put themselves in the way of pain, violence, and authority in order to achieve, you know, I I I feel like Christians are often too comfortable with being comfortable, mm-hmm. and. Jesus wasn't somebody who came just for peace. He came with a sword. He came to set mother against father, sister against brother. He came for radical reform. So if that's our God, then we should be following their example. Yeah, I would totally agree. I think, you know, if Christians are very mild at times, I think for the sake of agreeing with people and there are definitely multiple ways to get something done and sometimes those mild approaches are effective but at the end of the day if you know you see someone suffering a major injustice and that is your last resort you've got to take it I think of like persecuted Christians around the world they're not just you know setting down their faith and saying oh it's too hard I'm not going to do it because they believe in it and they are willing to be arrested for what they believe in I think why can't we follow that example I mean let's not say that's the first thing we go to in every situation (laughs) just like Jessica said it's part of a spectrum of tools that the activist has that very much begins with the kind of conversations that we're having today if you find somebody who holds a point of view or a, a belief system that's influencing the way that they are in the world and that you think is a negative or harmful way of being the first thing that you do is you have a conversation with them mm. and, and that's where activism starts it's in relationship it's in dialogue or trialogue no I'm sorry but the, the point is that you have to start from a base level of understanding the world communicating with everybody within it and then go on from there, I think. So yeah, by all means, get yourself arrested. But you know, make a, make it very clear why you're doing that. Mm. Don't just chuck a brick, brick through a window, <laughs> <laughs> unless yeah. you're a suffragette, in which case, you know, that worked for them. I guess it's a fine line, isn't it? And and you need to be clear in your mind. And I think that's what I'm hearing from you is if you're going to break a law which would be the reason for your arrest, there needs to be a really good reason why that's that's your act of activism is then going to get you heard 
with what you're advocating for, I suppose, is a nice way of drawing those two terms together. Is that, that what we're saying? And I suppose in some countries, there are there, there, there is such a pressure that means that you probably have to break civil laws in order to be heard or to have the, the oppressed, um, you know, um, listened to where it's, it's, it's a hard notion for us perhaps in in a western world or in a free society that we're used to to think that gosh people might have to break the law in order to get their voices heard or to get their point over i mean it's not entirely alien to us in the uk we've just had the release of several um activists who were arrested for trying to stop flights leaving from heathrow with people who'd been in detention being sent back to countries where they knew they would be oppressed. Um, one of my previous bosses was arrested and she is one of the strongest, kindest, most pious Christians who I know. And she was arrested for protesting against a massive arms fair at the Excel Centre where arms were being sold by British companies to regimes that were complicit in torture and horrific human rights, ab rights abuses. They had done a lot of peaceful process before that. They had prayed, they'd held vigils. And in the end, I think they locked arms outside the door and tried to stop it opening. And they got arrested. Was that unchristian? No, I do not think it was. There you go. So, so it does happen. It does happen here as well. <laughs> Thank you for that. Um, we've we've got um, oh gosh, we've got so many questions coming in and comments coming in. I'd I'd love to share. Um, uh, I'd love to share this next one, um, which which I think um, maybe maybe you you could you could all speak speak on what issues. Do you personally feel called to speak out about at the moment? Mm. I've got so many, so I'll let somebody else go first. <laughs> Otherwise, I'll just be off I'm on sure, one. I'm sure. I'm sure. Charles, what's 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 on your heart at the moment, which causes you to to want to want to shout out? Well, most most. Mostly Brexit, to be honest. I'm, uh, I'm. That's um. That's that's something I feel very strongly about. I. I mean. Um, hmm. Um. And uh, I've I've also been been kind of. Got got into the, the Black Lives Matter movement as well. I've, uh... Yeah, I was going to say that's a big one, which which came up last year, didn't it? I was going to mention that earlier about yeah. the some of the protests, and they probably crossed a few lines. Yes, in in their in their acts, didn't they? Yes. And I and I know, um, Charles, you also. Um, blog quite a lot about um politics don't you? you 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 have have certainly something to say about some of the things going on in that area of uh, of our world yeah yes i just yeah yeah i would <laughs> say so well that's that's maybe that's maybe some some information or some, some areas to get into in another episode christian Aye. 
politics. <laughs> so, um, Jess, what about you? Um, well, like Charles, I also do share frustration with Brexit, um, which Charles and I have spoken about before, um, having been on a couple of EU marches myself. Um, but yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm quite a, a shout about it person, I guess. Um, lots of things kind of grind my gears um, and I feel the need to, to talk about them. Um, women's issues in particular um, for me are a big thing just you know just this morning I found myself getting riled up and feeling the need to talk about a women's health issue that I'd seen um, and actually it was some Christians responding to it in a way that I didn't think was was necessarily very kind um, so you know things like that are really important to me again Black Lives Matter I think um, hu- hugely important um, and actually comes into what I do um, in my degree a lot um, with heritage management. There's been a lot of backlash against organisations trying to kind of decolonize um, and, you know, look into racial injustices in their past. And actually people have reacted badly to it. And I think good on them. Um, so that's a big thing for me, too. Yeah. Yeah. And, and Laura. Well, I'm totally with. Jess and Charles I mean I actually I actually came off social media for a while around the end of 2016 because I was just constantly in a state of apoplexy and in a way I've had to sort of reinsert myself into into campaigning and activism because I think I've I've been a climate change activist since 2003 which is a long time to feel like you're bashing your head against a brick wall in certain circumstances mm. and it takes a toll on you. Um, climate change is still probably one of my major feel things that I confront world issues on. It's been one of the linchpins of my career, but also tax justice is incredibly important to me. Another thing that makes me really, really angry, how the line between tax evasion and tax avoidance is so 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 thin that major corporations wind up paying less in tax than I do for example and especially when you've seen during the pandemic that the income of the world's richest has increased exponentially while so many millions and millions of people who are on basic economies or breadline type people have been absolutely floored by it that indicates to me a system and a system that is fundamentally broken and that's something that I also feel a great deal of activism about on a personal level I'm very into equal rights for every sexuality I'm a bisexual woman in a straight relationship and as a result I have a lot of privileges um, that I know that gay friends of mine don't have I'm also um, very into trans rights Um, I have a lot of different trans friends and it was actually a bit of a wake up call for me, some of the levels of discrimination and hate that they'd experienced in their lives from people who I would have assumed would be allies to them. And so, yeah, I, I don't, I don't really know where it stops, to be honest. <laughs> I think, um, but there has to be a sort of a limit that you put on yourself in order to protect yourself because you need a lot of internal scaffolding and strength 
to be an activist and, and where does that come from I think for some people it comes from their relationship with God it's very motivated by their faith and by the bible some people it's motivated by the company they keep and seeing real life examples um, of what happens when people say nothing that motivates them to take action but it has to be supported you can't pour water from an empty jug mm. and that's a stage that I think a lot of activists find themselves getting to mm. at some point yeah I completely agree I think it's so important to care about things and to speak up but at the same time you cannot care about every single injustice in the world you, you know human beings just don't have the capacity for it um, and it's so tough when you see things happening every single day that you feel the need to speak up about. I think you're so right about needing to have that internal scaffolding and put limits on on how many issues you can you can kind of tackle at one time. Yeah. I I also think oh oh sorry Charles you were saying I I was just going to say relating to the to the putting a limits on on things. Um, um, I think for me, it's, um, it's, it, I, I, I try and, um, I, I often, I, I often try and limit my, try and focus on personally things that I can personally do things about, I think, like, I'm, I, I think I think mm. I, I, I'm yeah. with you on this one, Charles. I think, gosh, there is like, like Laura was mentioning, there is so many things out there which can cause us to want to act. And yet if we if we spread ourselves so thinly, we're not going to make a difference uh, um, with everything. Whereas if we focus, as you're saying, Charles, on things which we actually know we can make a difference on. Um, however large or small that difference might be um, they're the things that we should be focusing on and then and then looking for the next thing after that and after that so yeah definitely with you Charles it is hard though I think um, one of the comments well not another question which has come in on this one which which I think follows on from what we're talking about is how can we best highlight our faith as the reason for our social action so can grant God the glory and bear radical witness to the gospel so that's that's one of those questions how can we best highlight our faith as the reason for our social action so we can grant God the glory and bear radical witness to the gospel I think just being open about your background um one of the first ever movements for social action that I got involved with was when I was a child um, working with it used to be called HCPT the Handicapped Pilgrims um, Children's Trust or something like that yeah I know um, that. which you know I'm sure we've all got <laughs> feelings about whether or not that was that's still a good name probably isn't and whether or not what they were doing was useful but the point was it was very much focused around what good things can we do for people who are experiencing disability 
And I also got very involved with um, To Romania With Love, which was a programme that started from a church in Thames Ditton and um, provided a lot of funding and practical support for a town in um, Romania called Comanesht, which had experienced absolutely grinding poverty and a massive, massive outbreak of HIV um, due to a government policy that provided injections of unscreened blood for um, babies when they were born, which was, it, it was a very bad idea based on poor science, but uh, caused a lot of suffering. Um, so all on this, do you think we need to decolonize our own structures and how could we do this? Um, yeah, absolutely. It's it's not something I've looked into, but that doesn't mean that it isn't there. Um, something that I um, found really great actually um, was an event called Inside Outside that was um, run in Thames North Synod. Um, and some of the um, sessions that we had there um, were about racial justice. Um, and I thought that was such a brilliant experience. I hadn't really heard racial justice be spoken about in the church in that way. Um, so kind of more events like that, I think, would be fantastic. Um, yeah, I guess, you know, these things we don't talk about so much um, and more dialogue around them would be great. Definitely. And I know in a in a previous episode of Trialogue, um, we that they, they it, we, the conversation did touch on some work which is already going on in the URC, um, looking at the legacies behind um, the 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 issues which which relate to Black Lives Matter and the colonialism and the history and the and and the the wealth, <laughs> which if you like, we, we, we have come from and the grants which are available from, from, um, from people's pledges and, and legacies, if you like, uh, which, which stem from that, that period of our history, which actually they need to be redispersed. And I know it's a hugely complex, complex um, area, which is being looked into, but um, I, I would recommend people to go back and rewatch that episode. Um, to hear a little bit more, I've probably not done it justice in in my paraphrasing of it. So do do go back and have a look at that, um, and have a look on the URC website because I know that they do have certain bits on that on there. Um, just I, I'm 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 bouncing around on our questions a little bit. We've had so many coming through, so let me just make sure that I've I've covered every every one of them. Um, so uh, we've got uh, we've got um, one here. Um, in the struggle for um, justice, how can we interact meaningfully with people of differing views without fighting with them? I mean, there's so much more that unites us than divides us when it comes to people of different views. I, I think that for me personally, I have to step back and try and examine how they've arrived at the opinion that they've arrived at. Mm -hmm. What is it that they've experienced in the world that's led them to those conclusions? And if it's something that I can challenge without hurting them, then I will. But I feel like 
you've always got to do it with respect and you've always got to know where to stop expending your energy to change their mind when it's not going to happen. So I think Neil deGrasse Tyson um, gave a good example of how this works. Uh, he said, if I'm debating something with somebody who's got a completely different viewpoint to me, especially on something that's scientific or something related to my experience of the world, I ask them what piece of evidence I could give them that would change their mind. And then if it's in my power to do so, I do that, I provide them with that. And if they then won't accept my argument or they continue on their same track of thinking, then I recognize it's not worth me putting further effort into that conversation and I step back from it. So start from trying to understand where they're coming from and then stop when it's appropriate. Um, I think for me, what for me, I think it's important to assume good faith on their part. I think that's Jess, do you have anything else to add? Um, yeah, definitely agree uh, with both of Laura and Charles' suggestions. Um, I think, you know, there's there's a point at which if you keep pushing people, they're actually going to go the other way, um, which makes it worse. I know I'm guilty of that sometimes, um, pushing it too far and, and sending people off in the other direction. Um, but I think, you know, if, if we're trying to have meaningful conversations with people and change their mind, um, you know, you, you don't want to make it worse, if that makes sense. Um, yeah, you're going to hit a point where things that you're saying are going to actually anger them more, <laughs> which is not necessarily what you want to do. Thank you for that. Um, we've got we've got another one here. Um, to what extent should Christians be activists against the views of different denominations of the Christian faith, or for that matter, orthodox and dissident viewpoints? How should the real world implications of theological disagreement, for example, who counts as a person in the eyes of God? be handled? That's a big question there. <laughs> Got me to read it again for you. Uh, to what extent should Christians be activists against the views of different denominations of the Christian faith? Or for that matter, orthodox and dissident viewpoints? How should the real world implications of theological disagreement, for example, what counts as a person in the eyes of God, be handled? Mm, that's a big question. It really is. <laughs> um, I think I'd probably start by saying it's important to, to distinguish between um, theological disagreements that do have real world implications um, and theological disagreements that maybe are less significant. Obviously, all theological disagreements are significant, but there are some things that um, have a greater impact on human beings who are, you know, alive today and in the future than others. Um, and maybe prioritise um, by that. I don't know if anyone else has anything to bring in. It's a tough one. <laughs> Uh, 
I don't know how much I want to pitch in on this because um, I think this person has hit the nail on the head. It's a very controversial thing. I mean, there are certain uh, different denominations which have views that, from a personal standpoint, I find really hard. Um, growing up as a woman in the Catholic Church was a really hard thing to do. I'm a feminist and it's difficult to be part of a church that doesn't value women's ministry in the same way that it values men's ministry. Um, at the same time, there are different theologies which I don't think are of God, like prosperity theology, the idea that the richer you are, the holier you are. To me, that just seems like anathema with various parts of the Bible that I consider to be really, really important. So I don't know. Um, it's not a question that I can answer, at least not without a theology degree, which I don't have. So um I'm going to step away from that hot potato <laughs> as much as I like potatoes. I wonder whether it comes down to that earlier comment which you made, Jess, about the passage which stood out to you, the short one. Love your neighbour. Yeah. Loving your neighbour and, and respecting and just listening, listening and trying to understand where they're coming from and what's behind what's the foundation of they're coming from uh, we might not be able to change their viewpoints we might not be able to change a whole denomination's theological standpoint <laughs> um, but in understanding can help us in our grappling with it mm. and, and and as you know i i think it's wonderful where where actually we can have differing denominations um, and yet we're all still part of one body of Christ. Um, but that doesn't mean to say we, we should look away when there's things going on which which don't seem don't seem right or just. Um, so we just have to chip away at it, I guess, don't we? Mm. Wondering, Laura, your experience of the different denominations that you've tapped into over the over your journey. You've probably had moments where, yeah that's that's been frustrating i remember sitting with a monk in worth abbey at one point um i've been living in chaplaincy for a while and having these kinds of debates over sort of moral relativity and yeah and deeper theological discussions and i just remember to him saying i'm just so angry i don't know what to do with it and he just said okay we'll just put it down for a while you don't need to be in this headspace beating yourself up all the time and in many ways that's a similar thing as a lot of people feel with activism when something means so much to you mm. and it's so much a part of your day-to-day -day life your thinking your emotion it is hard to lay it down and back away but sometimes you have to for the sake of your health and for the sake of your spiritual health as much as your mental health absolutely absolutely and um, somebody's shared a comment here on the chat in relation to different views they agree that trying to understand their perspective and and frame of reference, often asking them to explain their reasoning can be a good way to show interest, but also makes the um, ex makes them examine their own viewpoints. That's a really good point, actually. Mm -hmm. That sometimes having the discussion causes a, a, a self reflection on where we stand, doesn't it? Um, on both sides, I suppose. That's a really good point that they've made there. Um, we've we've got time for oh gosh, we've run time's run on. Um, so 
Here's another one. Um, one maybe, Charles, I reckon that you probably will have a view on this one. Are there any voices we aren't hearing? How can we hear those on the edge of society? Listen. Make, make an effort to listen and and uh, avoid avoid talking over marginalised voices on on regarding their situations. Mm. Yeah, I love I love I love the simplicity of your answer there. The bit listen, we need to listen, and I think it's about putting ourselves where they are isn't it so that in order so that we can hear hear them which is often often the challenge i what think also representation really really matters this is a fantastic panel of people of different genders different sexualities different neurodiversities but it is a palette panel that is somewhat melanin deprived mm. and uh you know just having different voices and different experiences in the room completely changes the discussion around things. Um, Christian Aid has just released a report called Black Lives Matter Everywhere, and it looks at why the climate movement in the UK is so white when predominantly the countries that we work in where there are black and minority ethnic communities they're not minority ethnic at all in those countries and they are the ones who are experiencing climate change and its repercussions first and worst and yet they're not really represented at higher level political discussions in the same way that folk in the UK are and so we commissioned some studies on that and found that 50% of black Christians in the UK want their churches to be part of the climate movement but don't know how to access those spaces. So making spaces open and inviting. And I think the fact that so much of um, the discussions and things that we've had have had to move online as a result of the pandemic actually does open up spaces for representation to increase. As long as you've got access to a mobile phone, which most people, even in some of the countries that Christian Aid works in where people below the poverty line still have access to mobile phones you can participate in these kinds of forums and we can make space for people whose voices haven't been heard before so yeah representation space and outreach I think yeah I'd agree um I think I was making some notes while you guys were were talking and, and I think the main thing that I've underlined was to invite them um sometimes I think that's that's something we miss uh, we think oh you know why isn't this group of people interested in this thing we're doing we've well, not invited them you you know you've not told them you're doing it and even better than that would be to design these things with the marginalized people that you want to include don't assume that you know what they want to do and how they want to do it actually ask for their input ask them to work with you as a partner not just as a, you know, a subject, something to research. Um, I think that's really important. And also remembering that there are lots of different kinds of diversity, including invisible diversities. Um, something that I find is often missed out is actually class, um, which has massive impacts on people's lives and perspectives, um, but is often missed. And, and I see that a lot in church settings, if I'm honest. 
Thank, thank you for that. Um, we've 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 only got a few moments left, and I, and I want to come back to the the third question, which I know I I posed to our panelists. Um, but before before we go on to that, um, I, I know that there've been other questions which which our viewers have shared. One of which was where do politics where does politics fit into all of this? Um, and I and I just leave that one because it might come up as some of the answers uh, which our panelists will will draw on um, in in their last question. Um, so uh, the last question which which I posed uh, to our panelists is um, how do you think change can happen? Or might happen. So I suppose in that sense, we're really we're really looking for what can people do. It's a nice way to finish our conversations this evening. What how how can we inspire or encourage people to 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 realise that actually they they could make a difference? Do we do we all need to be rushing out and making a placard and going and joining the next protest march, or are there other ways that we can be making a difference? Um, so who wants to kick us off here? Laura, I can see your... <laughs> so, um, I mean, I started out in a very traditional route. I went to work for my local MP. I found out what um, constituents in the area were interested in, and then I replied to them. I represented their views to other members of government. And it's actually so much easier to talk to your MP and get involved with things like early day motions, um, basic lobbying than people would think. People are frightened of getting involved with our political system because they don't understand it and they don't feel that the one vote that we get every four years really franchises them enough to do more. But, you know, the political system that we have in this country is really, really accessible with a bit of confidence and training. And um, Christian Aid has produced a whole bunch of toolkits for people who want to know how to lobby your MP, how to write letters to members of laws, members of the parliament, um, and also how to interact with your local council. All of these things are good steps on the way to um, being an advocate, being an activist. But there are also practical things that you can do with your money. You can decide which businesses you want to spend your money with, where you want to bank, where you want to invest your pension, which I think I started doing at the age of 23. So there's nobody who's really too young to start doing that. Um, be a conscious consumer and a conscious anti-consumer where you can. Thank you for that, Laura. Jess or Charles? Do you want me to jump in? Yeah, go for it, Jess. Um, I think um, a very a very basic place to start is with prayer. Um, something that everyone can do, but I also think prayer should be coupled with action. Um, I know a lot of politicians will tweet out when something happens, thoughts and prayers. Um, um <laughs> we we have to do things too, but those things they, you know you don't have to go marching down to 10 downing street although it's really fun when you do um <laughs> would recommend it but you really don't have to that doesn't have to be your way to be an activist uh, you know i think we have all got different talents and skills um every single person has something to contribute 
And that doesn't mean that you have to be shouty. It doesn't mean that you have to be someone who likes the march. Um, you know, just talking to people, raising awareness of issues. Um, you know, you can use social media as a tool, definitely. Um, but I think the thing with social media is, is don't just share something and then do nothing about it. Um, you know, make sure you're really reading into the kinds of things that you're supporting and actually thinking, how can I make a difference other than just clicking the share button? Um, I think there's so many things that you can do and you can do those things, you know, during a lockdown when you're working at the dining room table as well. Um, it doesn't really stop. Thank you for that. Charles, what, what's what's your take on how, how, how can we bring about change or how could we influence the bringing of change? I, uh, I think it, it starts with caring. It, it, it's so easy when faced with all the injustices in the world. It's so easy to, to not care, which is, which is why a lot of people do it. But I, I think, I think it, it, starts with, it starts with caring. I think that's spot on, absolutely. Um, I was also, I was just going to say, because I just, also, like, we've mentioned prayer, we've mentioned getting involved politically, we've mentioned caring and internalised things. The other thing that I want to encourage people to do is make art, you know, write songs, write poems, paint murals. Like, there are brilliantly refreshing and invigorating ways of engaging with activism. There's a fantastic group called the Craftivists Collective that was started by Sarah Corbett, um, which looks at just little crafty ways of doing tiny little crocheted protest banners of like if you look at areas that have had yarn bombing where people are appreciating appreciating their nature and decorating trees, there are ways of being an activist that make you feel really really good and great art has the ability to inspire lots of people as well so that's another way of making change happen too i'm so pleased you mentioned the craftivism because <laughs> i've heard about this and i think it's yeah I, I'm, I'm not sure how i feel but i know that sometimes they 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 do things which 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 at a very very subtle level although not so subtle in some cases, really reach out to an audience which perhaps might not have might have picked up on it. So, uh, yeah, somebody was telling me about things which have slipped into books um, in, in supermarkets and stuff, have, you know, which, which challenge you to think about what you're picking up and buying. So, uh, yeah, fantastic stuff. Um, Laura, I don't know whether you want to mention one of the things which Christian Aid are doing, uh, which, which might be of interest for people who want to explore this a little bit further. Yes, absolutely. So Christian Aid has set up a scheme called the Prophetic Activist. And this is... Um, it's something that we we set up for young people who want to be involved with writing a climate change campaign. So hang on a second. I'm just going to I think we've got possibly the link going out in the chat somewhere. But we're looking to equip young adults who are from the ages of 18 to 30 in a as part of a nine month program that's running from March this year to December this year. 
um, and hook you up with experienced campaigners with training with residential sessions and some online sessions and mentoring and webinars so that you build all the skills that you need to be an activist and then at the end of it um, we'll be looking to put together a co-created campaign on climate change but of course you can take those skills and apply it to any campaign that you're interested in but it's all part of that biblical call to live justly and righteously and we want to equip people especially young people who are going to be the next generation of campaigners and activists in how to speak truth to power which is really right at the heart of what Christian Aid stands for. Brilliant, and um, and thank you for sharing that, Laura. Because um, we we will be we will be putting a link to to the to the web page uh, which has all the information in that trialogue Facebook um, feed. So do have a look at that if um, if you've not been able to pick up the information off the screen. Um, we, we've 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 come to the end of our time together. It's it's flown by. It's gone really fast. But boy, have we covered so much! Um, so I really hope that those who've been listening uh, have find have found this helpful, um, and we really hope it's just it's just been a springboard for you to carry on your own thinking and reflecting on on what it is to be an activist or an advocate, and hopefully. Um, it would, it would have challenged some of you to maybe think, well, actually, as a Christian, how should I be acting out on some of the things which, which might be affecting you um, and some of the social issues which might be um, touching you here, which you feel, no, I need to speak out about that. I need to stand up for, for that particular group in our, in our society. So, so we leave that with you. Um, and there's a great resource there with Christian Aid if, uh, if you want to get a little bit of, little bit of help in developing your skills so without any further ado it has come to that point to say thank you so much to our panelists and for all the people who have shared their comments and questions it has been fantastic um, i've loved this conversation which we've had it certainly caused me to think a few things through a little bit more um, now i do need to let you know that the, the next episode of trialogue uh, which is in two weeks time is going to be hosted by tom hackett and we've we know that one of the panelists is going to be the reverend phil wall um and that theme is spiritual home where's yours so that's something for you to be uh, thinking about particularly at the moment because uh, gosh i think lots of people have been tapping into lots of other different online worships um not necessarily their home churches so uh, that's going to be a really interesting conversation with tom next week and just to remind you as ever, um, if you've not been able to hear uh, um, this, this live programme, obviously they're available um, on the various platforms, but they're also available as a podcast. So if you don't want to sit down and watch us, uh, which could be quite understandable, you've got other things to be doing, but you can listen whilst you're doing that on all the major podcast platforms. So just look for URC Youth Trialogue. Anyway, let's finish with a very quick prayer. So let's just pray. Heavenly Father, we give thanks for, for the three panellists who've shared so much with us this evening. And we also give thanks for all the contributions which have come through from the many viewers who've been joining in with us. And as we leave here um, this time of discussion, we really pray that um, you will continue, Father, to cause us to think about how we can make a difference in our communities, 
and in society, how we can stand up for things which aren't right, which are not serving people well, which are not doing really um, things which should be in, in your name far, far better. So we ask for your support, your guidance and your help in all that we can perhaps do in the days and weeks ahead of us. We pray all this in and through the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen.